there's one thing I know about. It's about plugging. And, and with that, we're back. We are back, <laughs> sir. Talking to Six Pack Lab at Paul Marinzan, and we're talking about who is sometimes co-host, but the, the former other guy, King of the Lifts. Former other guy, King of the Lifts, Randy Cook. Uh, bless his fucking heart, been working like a son of a bitch. His heart's been working like a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's put on a few LBSs and um, has missed quite a few gym days. And we're just discussing at what point do you take your boy out back and just end the suffering? I mean, we already, he already had the talk. He, he knows listen, he's at the end of his... Listen. His time love. is coming gone. It's love. Yeah. At that point, it's love. You know, do you let, do you, how long do you let somebody suffer? And you see it in his eyes. He's not the man he wants. No, his, his, he's got those dead eyes now. And it's You like, can see pain. You almost want to be like, can I talk to you a minute? And he's like, well, sure. Well, what do you want to talk to me about? And I'm like, oh, let's, let's just go around back for a second here, buddy. Let's, just, and let's take us outside. As it's... he follows you around back, you look at him and you say, listen, I just, I just want you to know I'm glad it's me. And if the if situation was different, if, if I was in your shoes, Not that. I'd, I'd want it to be you. Not that I would let it get to me being in your I shoes. Have, I have, first off, your shoes are far too big, fat man shoes. Yep. Um, but uh, clown shoes at this point, you fat-footed bastard. But on, the, on, the, on another side, I have far too much respect for myself, as well as far too much respect for my family name, to let yep. myself... My friends. My friends, the integrity of the sport, to let myself drift like you did from the gym. And can I say something else? You did it to yourself. I'm the one pulling the trigger, but you're the one who loaded the gun. Yeah. And, and with and with that and with those dead eyes, he would look at you and he would say, actually, he would say nothing. First of all, because no. he knows it's true. He would say the eyes say, would he, the eyes he, would say it all. He'd look you dead in the eyes, and say, "Do it." He would just give the nod, a gentle gentle nod, but the nod would say. With maybe a little bit of a twinkle of can th I thank you. <laughs> somebody, somebody heard my something? plea. Can I say something? I wouldn't look away when I did it. No, I'd be a fucking man about you, it. You show him respect. You look him I in the eye. Show him the goddamn. You never respect. turn your head. That's right. I look him right, just like a gangs in New York. Style. I was gonna say gangs in New York. Style. I was gonna say Game of Thrones style. It's... If um, you know, if if you wanted to be a real man about it, when your boy has taken three months off the gym. You know, the, the real man way, I wouldn't have to do that. I would show up to the gym the day you finally you, you finally came back. You lost your way to the pizza shop. And you showed at the gym. I'd show up, present you with the sword, and you do it yourself. Like a samurai. Or, like a true weightlifter, you load up the bench. Like it's a guillotine. One last head. Like it's a guillotine. You make an announcement. You do a heavy hold. You, you do And a... hands off. <laughs> you you go you people in the gym are like what the fuck is he doing and was is like, he going for a five hundred pound this is, this is the last one this is the last and everyone would know everyone yeah. in the gym it's almost like a silent you would caution. know as he walked in it what was, was happening and, and you know what a couple guys would stop him on the way to that loaded bench when it's fucking seven hundred pounds loaded a couple guys stop him and just say one word respect. you got a couple guys off in the corner they're doing deadlifts it's like a, it's like your twenty one gun salute. Some dude, it's just like stop. clang, 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 stop. You stop. Silence. You, you take your fucking hat off. You hold it over, over your heart. And you show the man respect. Because he's about to reach the other side of the power of the King Gods. 
and, and as he passes by, you just say one word, respect. It's like a Viking funeral it's for power like Viking Viking fucking funeral. And can I say something? I would be honored as his coach to do that handoff. It's the last one he ever gets. I'd be honored as his friend if I, I, th- I don't think I'd get that <laughs> honor. I think, <laughs> you know? I think friend is a loosely used term even when it comes to Randy. <laughs> That's where no. At even best, if you ask, at you, best Randy has acquaintances. Even if you ask, you'd be like, with all due respect, I think six pack should do this. One. Yeah. Um, with all due respect, I will film it though. <laughs> and I, I will, I will, I will post it on King of the Lifts. I will post it on King of the Lifts. I will post it on Live Leak. I will post it on anywhere that will get us viewership. Fucking, I think fucking Twitch would like to see yeah. this live. Okay. I would live stream it on Instagram. I know Logan Paul will show up and do commentary. That sick fuck. I will have phones just taped to my body to bring to make sure that I'm going to all the different feeds that need. Logan Paul, like the suicide guy, he's gonna love the Randy Randy Cook handoff to heaven. Yep. Okay. And instead, I like that term, the handoff to heaven. <laughs> the handoff to heaven, my friend. And um, and I think that's all. That's how we would like to all go. Yeah. I mean, I for one hope that that's the way I go. But, um, but nonetheless, so back to the point, if we even had one. Uh, yeah, Randy Cook is not. Where the fuck is Randy Cook? But he's talking. Okay, so he's talking comeback, ladies and gentlemen. He will be back at some point co-hosting. He's talking like he's going to go to the Canadian whoa, Nationals. Whoa, whoa. Not if I have anything to say. That fat son of a bitch is not taking my seat. That's right. Not the seat's warm. The viewership's never been higher. Downloads have never been better. There's is the, there a correlation here? I, there's no coincidence. There's correlation equal causation, perhaps. I mean, sex sells, and let's face it, Randy does not have sex appeal anymore. Hey, he's a five foot two, unless two hundred sixty pound sex pot. Don't unless you're looking sex. for somebody that takes dad bod to a whole new level. My friend, and and that he does. Um, today, we got Amanda Lawrence, who um, you know, it's funny we just had. Russell Ohio on last, last, and it was a perfect segue because he had said, we asked him, point blank, who is somebody on the come up that you think is about to have a breakthrough performance and everyone's about to talk about? And he said, look, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm riding Daniela Mello as Team Flex, but uh, um, no matter what happens, I think Amanda Lawrence is bound to have a performance that's going to rock some people. Yeah. And um, it's true, that's paraphrasing, obviously, but... Um, I honestly, I, I think Daniela Mello might be a favorite going in, but I think Amanda Lawrence is about to fucking arrive in a major way. I think it's going to be the exact same when Daniela Mello first came onto the stage. Yeah. Everyone had that, oh shit moment. Who the hell is this? Who the hell? And um, Amanda Lawrence, we've been reposting the hell out of her for good reason. The, the type of weight she's moving, phenomenal. Um, and and I tell you what, even though uh, or Amanda Lawrence, just phenomenal when Amanda Lawrence is moving. And... Um, her Daniel Mello, I think Daniela Mello came first. She's a stitch older. They're both young as hell. She's got, in terms of the three lifts, the bench. And bench, it not by a lot. And it's yeah. going to be close. And I, I think the years to come, these two are going to battle it back and forth. I would, oh, I would not be surprised. Amanda Lawrence is going to pick up three or four national titles. Daniela Mello is going to pick up three or four national titles. Um, in terms of going to the Worlds, they might both go one year, just like Sam Callum and Jen. They might one or the other. They could be both world yeah. champions down the line. And you know what would be interesting? Like, I don't know where either of these girls weigh in in terms of the 84-kilo class, like whether they're weight light, cut. whether they're, yeah. if there's a weight cut. Do you see either of them eventually saying, you know what, this is your weight class. I'm going to go after Bonica. Well, here's the thing with that. I, to, to I mean, the difference between jumping from 84 to 84 plus, Barnica's a beast. Try to try to contend with that. 
Bonica is a fucking phenom at heavy. Oh, she's like there's, she a, reason, there's a reason why she's a legend. Yeah, uh, she won the triple crown. She won unequipped worlds, equipped worlds, and the world games. She would be, and I'm not taking anything away from Amanda or or Daniela. But if you're going to make that jump, goddamn, you're going to have a rough ride the first year when you're trying to oh, yeah. bulk up and try to deal with that. Um, uh, that. That could happen. I just don't want to. I think their rivalry back forth is going to be so flipping good. The I, would rather, years, their, I, I would rather see their rivalry. I would their rivalry back forth than doing that. But you got to wonder if eventually well, that's going to play in the back of the line. Let's say they go toe to toe for five years straight, and we're talking that is like in terms of sports rivalries. Like uh, like fucking the Lakers versus um, the fucking Celtics type deal yeah. in the heydays. Like that's Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird type amazing stuff. Um, so I hope they get at least five years back and forth like that. And then eventually if one of them's like, because who knows what Bonica's going to be like in five years too. If she's like, I'm good. Like she's already won it so many flipping times herself. So she might, in five years things change. Um, yeah, maybe Bonica even is like, you know what, I'm probably okay right now. And then one of them wants to move up and snag new yeah. titles, two-division champ, we'll see. It's going to be interesting nonetheless. And 84 kilo historically hasn't been one that I'm, I'm over the top excited about. Not many people talk about. Um, just because competition in terms of like, we just haven't seen it. We haven't seen You need rivalries it, to make it exciting. And yeah, and it's no offense to anybody that lives in the 84 kilo class, but previously it just wasn't exciting. Not like that. You know, they're like, you'll have one-offs here and there, but I mean, at the same time, superstars. Yeah, I mean, it's for sure you're going to have quality lifters, but it's the difference between two people so evenly matched that on any given day will break a world record. Yeah. They can literally toss a world record back and forth like a fucking volleyball. And we're going to see that, I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Unofficially at the Nationals, you're going to see national records. Yeah. And if they both go on the world team, which could happen, um, they'll toss around world records back and forth like a fucking volleyball. You don't see that very often. You know, not in the 84s, we haven't seen that kind of battle like that. And um, and we're going to it, the U.S. Nationals, and both of these women, like 20 years old around there, what, 19, 20, 21, they're young. Yeah, they're only like 21, I think. Some some people peak in their 30s, man. You got, uh, like, Marissa Inda and Jen Thompson in their 40s winning world titles. These girls could be the next 20 years, good luck. You know, so it's scary. Yeah. It's, I, it's kind I, of... You know, until that next lifter comes up that nobody's talking about. Nobody yeah. knows yet. And, just... and by the time these girls are in their 40s, I'll have been dead 25 years. The math doesn't work out, I know. Don't stop. I see the look on your face. like, I don't think that works, guys. I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming we'll have done the handoff to heaven at that point. <laughs> the handoff to heaven will have been fine. That needs to, hey, that hey, needs to become a hashtag. Hey, I hope it's... Hey, I hope it's you. I hope it's you. I would accept that honor. I'm getting, choked, I'm getting choked up thinking about it. I, I just mean, know it's going to be... Listen, you For what it's worth, I hope it's me too. <laughs> you sick bastard. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that. You're not supposed to say that. It may be, tom it may be tomorrow when we're benching together. We have to establish rules for the handoff to heaven. It's got to be, it's gotta be like either um, your numbers have slipped greatly where it's like whoa shit and yeah. I can be like hang on hang on I'm, I'm gonna be a master soon and you're like yeah probably still not competitive there either it's gotta be it's gotta be it's gotta be cause you'll have a guy be like, hang on five more years and I'm in, I'm in them too and be like I can't watch you do this for five more years bro it's gotta be now or if it's look if the guy's 49 he's about to be an M250 you could be like alright I'll give you one more shitty year and then you're an M2 yeah, yeah you get M2 you hit your record and then it's and then you're back onto it. Yeah. But if the guy's like 45 and he's talking this M2 bullshit, wait till I'm an M2, I'm competitive again, you might say, I don't think so. Or if the guy's in, you know, his early to mid 30s <laughs> and he's talking about like, 
wait, wait till I'm, wait till I'm in the M1 and I'm gonna be competitive finally. Yeah. And then you put your hand and she was like, I'm looking at the other guys, 35. They're also gonna be in there. You be like, so let's 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 oh, hold on. You got no chance. Yeah, we're, we're like, let's have that talk, buddy. You really have some respect. Some I go, respect yourself. Respect yourself. Okay. Oh, it's a oh, sad. Boy. It's a sad walk. It's like right. the last meal. I'll take you out. If if ever I take you out for dinner and I pick up the check. <laughs> when we're looking at the menu, listen. When we're looking at the menu, you're like, well, you're taking so, me out seriously. For what? I go, no, don't worry, don't worry. Just I, and I tell you, I go, Paul. Anything you want on the fucking menu, it's yours, bud. And it's not you're just taking me to Pita Pit or something. It's, it's no, no. It's wherever I feel like going. Four Seasons, Sizzlers, you the keg, you fucking anything you want, bud. And then you 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 look at it, dessert too. I go. You know what? I go have double. Have two desserts, buddy. What about making weight? What about <laughs> I gotta wake up? I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, that's... oh, Paul. Yeah. Well, well, Paul, I don't want to be bloated for bench tomorrow. Like, oh, buddy. oh, Paul, all this is going to blow out your backside when the, that, that fucking, when that 700 hits your chest. <laughs> oh, Paul, I hope no one's staying gonna, on the other side of you. You're going to go off like a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> oh, 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 Paul, boy. you're going to go viral, buddy. Hey, here's a good, here's a good one, Paul. You're going to make king of the lifts. You finally, you you're finally, but you finally made it, buddy. You finally fucking made it, bud. Congratulations, oh, it's a bittersweet. So on that note... On that note... Uh, I'm sorry, Amanda, if you're listening to... You had your parents this, listen to this podcast. because This, you was, you were this was not the intro she was expecting. <laughs> She's like, I had my grandma listen, and I had my... This is like the poor son of a bitch that finally became an extra on Game of Thrones and it was right. thrown in for Red Wedding. That's right. That's the episode that his parents watched. Or, 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 yeah, or like he's an extra. It's like, okay, you're sparring against the mountain. Remember he cut through like fucking yeah. 12 guys and yeah. begging for the Sorry for the spoiler happened. alerts as well. On. Yeah, five years later. I got a buddy yes. who was on me about spoiler alerts, Game of Thrones. He just started now. I'm like, <laughs> dude... Because I said something about, like, season... Wait till it happened, season one. He's like, I, bro, I had, that happen, I had that happen at work last week. It's like, dude, it's been seven like, years. We're talking about season two. Where the fuck have you been? And have you heard Michael Jackson died in Prince? I don't mean to... Yeah, I don't want to be the one to tell you that. But. Yeah. Anyways. Let's call this young lady with no further ado. Okay, so we got Amanda Lawrence, who... Um, Amanda... A little bit of a, a lead-in for you. For anyone who's not who, who doesn't know, um, Amanda's been absolutely murdering it on in your competition in terms of uh, sorry in your training leading up. We've been sharing your squats. Everybody's getting all hyped up because we're seeing you <laughs> repping out 500, repping out like you know the plates are flying. Um, and we asked. We just had Russell Orhi on here and uh, talking about the 83 kilo class. And um, we were like, and I asked him, what are some of the other uh, divisions you're excited about? And he said, um, like, 93 men and 84 women. Yep. And, um, and then, obviously, the, like, you and Daniela Mello, it's, like, an awesome. In terms of sports, you know, you want to see two people evenly matched. It's good sports rivalries. So we said that one is one of the divisions he's excited about. And then we said, later on in the conversation, unrelated, mm -hmm. I said, of the whole Nationals, who do you think's going to be, who's somebody you think afterwards everybody's going to be talking about? The breakthrough. And it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean, like, you got to have the crown in your head. I think when Yang Su Ren, Deadlift Panda, pulled 750 almost on yeah. rounding up, everybody's like, holy shit. 
And some people hadn't known, all of a sudden we're talking, right? Yeah, no, he was talked about for ages. Yeah, and, it was like, and he came right in after me. He came in fifth, but it doesn't matter. It's just that breakthrough performance everyone talks about. And I was like, who? And he said, I think it's going to be Amanda Lawrence. I was like, really? No he's like, way. Yeah. He's, he no, saying, no pressure at all. On yeah, yeah, no pressure. But he was saying, so yeah. obviously he's with um, Joey Flex, and he's like, you know, riding with like Noriega and Daniela Mello. He wasn't saying, but what he's saying was, I think win, lose, or draw, in terms of this showdown, uh, people know Daniela from winning the IPF World, so she's already a known commodity, but it's going to be your chance, no matter what. You, you, like, in the bigger picture, you can't lose because everybody's going to get to see you do, like, you know, hit these squats. People who yeah. are saying these are fake plates finally get shut up, right? No, yeah. they're not. <laughs> I promise you that. How, how frustrating is it? I mean, how many times I got to go on their comments and tell people, man, she's a power lifter. These are, she does official lifts. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't fake she's it. She's got official numbers. That's not like you're... Yeah. yeah, you're not going to go in and start faking plates it's just so you can actually get Instagram fame. It's, no, because you you've people, been there and you've done that. Yeah, people find out pretty yeah. quick. So, um, so obviously there's a little bit of hype here. Uh, before we walk into like the, the Nationals prep and walking into Nationals, for people who might not know a little bit about Amanda Lawrence, um, let's take it back a minute. And uh, how did you discover weightlifting and then ultimately powerlifting? Okay, well, my first meet was June of 2016. I started training for it January 2016. My buddy just, you know, came up to me and told me about the sport. I knew nothing about it. I was just, you know, going like any other girl just to tone up, uh, build some muscle. So I tried it instantly and just fell in love. So after that first meet, things just kind of picked up after there. And uh, I got the uh, American uh, junior record squat at that first meet. And then after, I heard about Danny, and so it was exciting to see, like, um, hear or hear about some more competition that there'd be. So mm -hmm. um, we both kind of started around the same time, I think. Um, so yeah, that's where things picked up. I think I've done like seven or eight meets since then. So and then we have Raw Nationals coming up. So yeah, I re I remember. Um, I think it's 2017 Worlds in Belarus. I was commentating, and um, when she won, I remember saying like. Daniela Mello was like a, I think the quote I gave was, it's like a rabid dog in a park. And everybody in the park better run and hide because she's out, she's off the chain. And I remember mm -hmm. the, after the talk was, shit, man, she's going to be like someone who's not going to be pushed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, up comes Amanda Lawrence. And now we have a <laughs> bit of a push. Now we have a bit of a push. Um, what does your squatting training look like? In terms of, like, because you, you, your squat has just blossomed. On the last USA Raw Nationals, did you break the, the national record before, in the off yeah. time? Yes, I did. It was um, 457 pounds, I think, or 50, 55 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I guess my squat really picked up in the beginning because I was doing squat every day. I don't know if you've heard of that. Ooh. For four, months, for four wow. months straight when I first started training. So as you can about imagine, you can't walk for about the first two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but right now, I squat three times a week, so there's kind of like a light, moderate, heavy day. Um, I, you know, we're working into singles right now as we get closer. Um, do pause squats here and there, but yeah, I guess I, the biggest thing that's changed since my last meet in June to like now is just a lower bar positioning and I guess just keeping my core a lot more tight and that's just allowed me to push more and more weight more um, weight on the bar so mm -hmm. um and do you do your own programming or do you have a coach that does that for you 
Uh, yeah, Cole Warren um, is my coach. He uh, it's through like Salutum Health and Performance. So uh, that's who I go through. I met him actually just uh, locally. So. Oh, that helps. Is he yeah. is he at the same yeah. team as you? Does he get to see you live, or is it just through videos? Or. Oh no, he lives with me all the time. So um, and he's also coached by Joey Flex. So. Oh um, shit! We okay. all kind of have a group going. So. This is this. wow. Because yeah. her coach is Sean Narrego, who's coached for Joy. Yeah. Somehow it's like six degrees to Joy Flex. Yeah, it's all one big happy family in a way. Because like a distant cousin, though. Because freaking um, Sean Narrego and uh, Russell are both coached by Joy Flex, and they're going head to head. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's so cool. I'm so excited to watch him at nationals. So. Yeah, no kidding. Wowzers. So how long, leading to this, before you started working with him as a coach, were you yourself doing the? Um, programming yourself or did you have a coach before that uh yeah i've been with him since about march of last year so um or sorry like i was training myself for like a year and a half and then he came along so it's i've been training for about almost three years so about half the time by myself and, so. and what was like some of the biggest changes you noticed once you picked up a coach it was a lot of like i don't know like i feel like a lot of people are like naturally strong but in order to like take that next step it's a lot of form issues and like that's what he's helped me the most with um I guess I used to pull like with a cat back with my deadlift and he's really helped me refine that technique uh switching from conventional to sumo um I used to solely just do squats on my own not really bench that much because I was scared to <laughs> drop the weight on myself so yeah, yeah. I guess having that coach just like um brought things to a whole new level and like brought another um outlook into things and you know you, i mean you can't learn everything by yourself online so mm -hmm. and do in terms of your programming um do you work off of an rpe scheduling or do you do a percentage like prescribed weights so i used to do percentage for the longest time but we recently switched it to our rp um rpe training um i'd say a few months out before the arnold in march so uh, I really, really do enjoy that because, like, you know, you can pick and choose your weights and when you're feeling good and when you're not. So, you know, it's interesting because, like, the the uh, percentage, especially for yourself, like your gains have been phenomenal. But you were saying, like, for instance, the national record was four fifty seven, four fifty seven, which is like uh, I don't know. You hit that for like. 12 now or but what I'm saying is uh, when you're gaining as quick as you if you were using percentage you would be holding yourself back like a percentage of 457 for you now is uh, it's not even moving the needle it's a fucking bench press yeah. no, but, but it's, it's no yeah. whereas, whereas now because you're into like 500 for reps so um yeah you would have to almost like your coach would sit down and be like okay percentage is out the window maybe when you start getting closer to your optimal like god you're so young so i don't yeah. know what year they'd be you'd be close to your optimal potential but maybe that it's appropriate you've been around the block long as like fucking jen thompson but when you're as young as you and the gains are just flying you almost got to go rp just to let the hay hey rise while yeah. the sun shines right i said otherwise you're gonna be limiting yourself yeah yeah, yeah. Is that probably one of the biggest things you felt? And how do you toe the line? Because there is a line where there's progress and you're keeping up and you're like, hey, man, I'm feeling good. Let's load up 500. And then there's that line where you're getting excited and you're like, 
holy shit, let's just keep this going. You keep adding more weight. And sometimes you coach, you got to be like, hey, you're going to have your best lift in the gym if we don't slow down, right? Is there, like, have you, how have you managed that? Um, well, first of all, when we were doing percentage training, we would have to place, like, the one yard max is, like, way higher than you'd actually think it'd be because otherwise it, I feel like women in general, especially me, are especially good at reps, like, closer to your one rep max. Mm-hmm. But once you start pulling out those singles, I don't know, like, I feel like it's more difficult to do. So I guess now with RP, uh, RPE training, um, I don't know, it's kind of riding the line like of overshooting sometimes it feels like, but, I, you know, gains just keep shooting upwards. So, I mean, the other last week or the week before, I think, um, in the gym when I did that 530 squat, pulls like, there's no way, no, nothing more than 520, no, no, no way. So once I put that 530 on, like sometimes you just have to, you know, challenge yourself. And that's what I think a lot of people are afraid of. You know, just just put the weight on the bar and just see what you can do. Don't overthink it. So, I mean, mean, to a certain extent, you can only do that, I understand. But, you know, um, there's certainly a balance between pushing yourself and then knowing when to, um, you know, be conservative. So, but I'm definitely one that strives to put more on a lot. (laughs) See, that's where, like, a coach – Sometimes being involved helps where they could be like, all right, we're going to play today a little bit, but there's a cap, like no more than this. Or like if the bars are slowing down a little and you're like five more, it's going to be like, all right, man, no, that was good. That's where when you're making gains as fast as you are, it's great that you're actually working very closely with your coach because he's instrumental. Otherwise, to pull back yeah. the reins, sometimes like pulling back the reins is the biggest thing a coach yeah. can do for you. Well, so even though you're doing RPE base, you still kind of get like a hard, not, you almost get a hard cap still that he's giving it's, you. It's, because um, here's the thing with some people, there becomes a transition, especially with singles, where um, it becomes, could you have done more weight for that single? Yes, but could you have actually doubled it? No. So it's an RPE 10, but the range between RPE 10 can be from 520 to 540. Um, You could do all of it once and heavier once, you're not doubling it. So the RPE 10 is kind of like a misnomer where it's like there's room there, right? So that's where the coach is watching bar speed being like, and the person turns around, that's not my max. No, it's not your max, but it's but still it's a 10. Still, but it's still, still an RPE 10. Yeah, still a 10. You weren't doubling it. Um, it's yeah. interesting you had said, you know, my girlfriend often says, uh, girls often, and I think she read it somewhere too, can do more reps. Like reps are easier than singles. Yeah. And um, if you don't sprinkle in singles with women's in terms of athletes as a coach, the barometer of where it's at you're not sure it's it's harder to tell if you just use like percentages and stuff and it's it's true what you said there because working with kathleen it's 100 it's weird because she at one point was tripling like 10 pounds less than her single well, <laughs> which is crazy yeah and i feel like also like you know you go in these hypertrophy phases and these strength and peaking phases and i feel like they both counteract each other and like you get in shape for one, and then it just really makes you out of shape for the other. Yeah. So, yeah, like I definitely can attest to that. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what the science is behind it, but for sure, I agree yeah, with that. I, I would have yeah. to see. I think she actually read an article on it, but um, I've seen that, and definitely, if uh, if you have a coach who's not used to working with like female athletes, that's something that like it's an intangible in there for yeah. sure. In terms of judging like what you want to load for that single. Oh, it makes a huge difference for sure. Yeah. Um, we're, we're also talking, so 
I think for the next coming, like, you're, is it easy for you to make 84? Um, I typically weigh, like, depending on the meat, like, two to five pounds over. Because oh, in, my, in my opinion, it's pretty easy to sweat out. Um, that amount of weight and you just feel stronger on the platform. Yeah. Um, but yeah. there's been a lot of different, um, trial and errors for meats. Um, definitely the Arnold, I could have refed better, um, with higher sodium foods cause you just feel like death on the platform. But, um, yeah, in my opinion, I think it's better to train a little bit heavier, like give or take 3% body weight over. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not down to water kind of thing, but, um, I mean, I'm not opposed to it as long because there's only so many bulks and cuts you can do in order to make a weight class. So, I mean, that's how you get stronger, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. we were just saying, it looks like for us, is your plans basically um, for the next four coming years, the toe-to-toe battles with uh, Daniela Mello, or would you ever consider moving up and going for the big prize and really pushing Bonica Low, Bonica Brown, and is that something that's even like on the table you think about, or is it like, no, you know what, 84 kilo, me and Jan- Daniela Mello are basically gonna go back and forth and pass around some records? Um, no, I think I'd rather stay at 84 minus. Um, the thing with records is like, it, it doesn't matter what you weigh, it's whoever you know lifts the most. So I mean, I have to be pushing a 600 plus squat in order to even. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. so, you know what I mean? No, it's not who well, it's only who lifts who lifts the most. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'd be cool to see some more weight classes put in eventually, since the sport is growing. You know, yeah. for women so drastically, and I feel like, like you know, Danny and I, and amongst you know other women, are setting a great example for um just to keep tracking. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I wouldn't do 84 plus, but I mean, potentially if there's like, I don't know, a 90 kilogram, yeah. maybe in the future, but I'd like to try to stay. Yeah. yeah. It, it is a situation where the, there's more and more competition. I mean, the, it's been an influx of lifters on all the different weight classes. So there is nowhere you can hide and not have competition now. Not in this day and age, like those days have passed. No, there's, like, there's very few weight classes where we're not talking about like five, six lifters that are, you know, reasonably within the running especially uh the u.s yeah i mean the and here's the thing with the u.s it's a gift and it's a curse um if you're in the u.s everybody watches the raw nationals the u.s you could be i mean brett gibbs in freaking new zealand on the other side of the world is watching the stream watching u.s raw nationals be like holy yeah. shit this is the biggest show in the ipf besides the ipf worlds uh, but on the flip side so you get like like people will see you perform flip side Damn, is it hard? You could be, like, if you actually were from Bulgaria, you're going to the IPF World Championship every goddamn year, and you'll be basically unopposed. Whereas in the U.S., someone like yourself who could smash world records has got, like, a neck-and-neck battle every flipping year. It's a bit of a yin and a yang. It's like a plus and a minus at the same time. I mean, do you feel that? Like, how do you feel coming up through the U.S.? Are there times when you're like, damn it, man, if I was from a different place, I would be guaranteed an IPS spot? Well, I don't know if you know this, but I've never come into contact with Danny or up against her one-on-one ever in a meet. So this is the first time ever because we've always, like last Nationals, I lifted, I had to submit a worst total. I lifted in the morning and she lifted in prime time. And the Arnold, I lifted in the Raw Challenge and she lifted in. So, um, I'm pretty excited because, I mean, we're both young, you know, 
I feel like we both, well, we both have a shot at both taking either the open or the junior world spot. So it's not a matter of if we're not going, unless, you know, somebody crazy comes out of the water. Yeah. Blows yeah. You know, I don't know, I think it's really exciting. So, you know, I did not even, sorry, you can go ahead. I did not even think, uh, yeah, there's an open and a junior spot. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because we're just I talking. I can't about, believe you guys are juniors. We're just, we're just talking about open, yeah. but we forget the fact that both of you are juniors still. I know, like you guys, because Danny, everyone knows obviously yeah. Danny ran it in the open, um, and she probably could have used you for a little competition to make it exciting. But um, yeah, if it's open and juniors, so how does the U.S. work? If you go in the open for prime time, you're still eligible for a junior spot. Yeah. Um, so. One of us is going to take first and second, obviously, for both open and juniors. And typically what they do from there, well, this is what happened to me last year at least. They don't just automatically invite the second place. They pull all the weight classes together and top Wilkes from all weight classes because they can, you know, invite it to double weight class. So it's basically second place would have to have, a, like, the highest Wilkes of juniors to get in, basically. But I don't know. It might be a special circumstance in this case there. It's their rules. They can change it however they want. So. Yeah, because we've seen um like. So from, that's from my understanding. Yeah, because like, we've seen Jen Thompson, the same Calhoun, yeah, with sixty-three kilo exactly. lifters, and um and obviously in terms of juniors, freak man, I think you guys, whoever goes in juniors, is gonna, unless I'm speaking out of school, totally slaughter the competition at the worlds. I I would think so. <laughs> <laughs> is there, I'm not very up on it, but are you watching the, on the world scene? Is there anybody that would oppose you guys and actually push you, or is it basically you and Daniela going head to head? I don't know of anybody like I don't know because it's hard to find the all all around it people that are like super good at individual lifts, but like I mean, Daniel's been the whole package like this whole time, and that's why she's been so hard to keep up with. So I mean. Props to her, huge respect. She's so fun to watch. And, like, I don't know. It, I think it's just I don't see anybody else just coming up. But, I mean, I watched, you know, the world's live stream. Yeah. Um, but, you know, look at us. We just popped up in the last two, this, three years. Like, anything could happen. This is true. This is true. And if ever it's uh, true in any sport, in terms of people popping up out of nowhere, this is the one. I mean, you guys are so young, too. Somebody could be 18 years old watching you right now be like, I think I'm going to give this a yeah. go. And a year later, holy smokes. Um, when you were coming up and first introduced, who was it that you were watching that gave you inspiration and thought, I want to be on the platform doing that? actually funny because you were talking about Russ beforehand and like that's that's who it is uh, really I've been my idol for like forever so that's why I was so excited uh when you said that <laughs> um before I was even powerlifting I was watching um Christian Guzman Elfley videos all the time and then he signed on um not too long after to be an athlete under them and I was seeing him doing powerlifting movements and I was like wow this looks like a lot of fun so yeah. and then he just picked up and just blasted off from there so yeah. It's, it's been rough. <laughs> is it? No kidding. Yeah. Um, is it? So in terms of like watching on social media, it's kind of weird that you said that because it's, it's you're a girl, obviously, and he's a guy and not as often you see someone cross over yeah. like that. But I guess it does. In terms of people that I find most inspiration from, Jen Thompson's one of them. The oh, reason sure. why. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. She's but, awesome. Yeah. Hers, I mean, I was just speaking upon one, but. Yeah. Like in terms of. Um, like story wise, when she's like her her story we've said before, forty four years old, massive injury, misses out the two thousand seventeen uh, worlds, and like her doctor's like that's it, you got probably got to wrap it up given your age, 
And for her to come back with the thickest 63 kilo class we've ever seen and push back the likes of like Sam Calhoun and uh, Marissa or Maria T and yeah. all these girls, I was so heavily hyped. Um, it's a pretty cool story. So yeah, I can see the, the cross as well as well, uh, Bench. I was going to say, even for myself, like I always joke about the fact that I'm chasing Jen Thompson's bench and I'm chasing Kim Walford's dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, those those two are the are the big ones. Is it um in terms of when uh, in terms of your growth? So your squat has been phenomenal, and your deadlift's big too. Is it what are you doing? Is it the bench press that you think you're gonna have to mitigate to keep up to Danny? Because I think in terms of you guys, very evenly matched, and I think it might be the bench that you're gonna cover the most ground. In terms of game planning, are you looking at it like get an edge on squat? maybe concede some bench and catch up on dead or how are you, you don't have to give your whole game plan away uh, just in case she's listening, but yeah. um, is it something like that that you guys are approaching it or? Um, my bench has been coming a, a long ways, I guess, from where it was. A lot of it was like technique, wrist rolling situation and just not overall just incorrect. Um, so I mean, like I, did 255 uh, recently, and I know she was pushing 290 uh, a few weeks ago. So, I mean, there's a pretty good gap between there. Um, but then again, there's a pretty big gap between squat from what I've seen. And um, deadlift, I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, I mean, I don't know my, like, final numbers right now, and either does she. So, I mean, like, it's really hard to say. But, like, I feel like. We're both pretty good at deadlift, and then we both kind of have one on squatter on um, bench. It's it's kind of funny. We talk about uh, with some coaches and athletes, and sometimes um, if you can get the other person to do this, if you think you got an edge on squats, but it's close. And before you came yeah. around, squats was a jam, and everyone thought she'd be the squat queen for a, as long as it's going to happen. If you guys end up in some kind of a tight squat battle, and you hit a huge, like you got a huge third squat coming up, and she wants to try to keep pace, that's when you can possibly overextend yourself. And if she tries to chase, misses a third squat, and like the difference in squat can be quite big if you got your best third, and now she's riding forward on a second attempt because she missed a third trying to chase you, going into the bench press. Yeah, that's, that's a huge gap to make up on bench. That's also. a huge, yeah, exactly it. Game planning is going to be is going to be uh, very much key in this. You pr probably want to build the most of your total in the squats. Um, have you talked to your coach about all about like the game planning? Like, is it a, it's going to be your actual coach going with you to the nationals to do this? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, we spoke a lot about it. Um, I think at the end of the day, I mean, like it's whoever is going to put out their best lifts for each th for all three of them. You know, depending on like sleep, how the weight cut went. You know. Everything like it, it, it. I mean, who's gonna have the perfect meet? Is it, it's gonna come down to who hits their third attempts, like you said? Like, because it otherwise, like, it's gonna be close, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and but. if you even if you hit it and you're stitch high, you know, if if uh, if anyone's a stitch high and it's it's heartbreaking to see when you watch it, and someone's just a little bit, and you're like, oh, they take it from you. That's when it's like, holy smokes. And you yeah. really want to build that in, in terms of uh, the bench press, or sorry, in terms of the squat and build that lead, uh, for sure. Is there is there other people at all in the 84s? So I was just trying to think, I think it's pretty much you and Daniela, but is there other people in, in different weight classes that you're watching, anticipating battles that you're exciting to watch? Um, 
but oh, just to watch? Oh, yeah. To compete against? Oh, I just super, watch I really like watching the 63s. I think they just have a huge group of people that are just like super close uh, for women. And then uh, for men, again, the 83s, it'll be interesting to see Noriega against uh, Russ. I know we. Uh, it was super fun to watch at Worlds, uh, Gibbs versus uh, Russ. Yeah. So those are two of the classes I'm super excited for. And it's always fun to see uh, I get Yu-Yu, I think it's right, yeah. who pulled the 715. He's super excited to uh, watch Deadlift. So I don't know. There's like bits and pieces from every weight class that I think is like fun to watch, but specifically those two. And um, I know that's probably the ones that we're going for, yeah. too. Now, looking at the 63s, let me get your opinion. Um, the rematch between Sam Calhoun and Jen Thompson. Now, those guys at the Worlds went toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and obviously Jen Thompson had her, like, big movie moment where she beats back these girls 20 years younger, comes back from injury, and it's that big story tell, like, you know, ending right there. Um, but Sam Calhoun in her last deadlift, she was about three kilo beyond the win, and decided to just settle for the silver medal in the world record. And then after she pulled it, everyone was like, damn, you know what? Look easy. Yeah, yeah, look like easy enough anyway. I thought. <laughs> yeah, so easy enough anyway. So what are you anticipating when they rematch at the Raw Nationals? Who do you think walks away if you were going to give it to somebody? I mean, <laughs> who's going to show up with their best, you know, who's going to show up feeling 100% that day? Uh, I'm always one to root for the underdog, though, so... Who do you think's the uh, underdog in this one? Uh, That's Jen's been at the top for years. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, th I think, um, I think for sure Jen is the greatest 63 kilo lifter we've had. Like, she, like all that, and that's not going on a limb, I realize. I'm oh, not, yeah. I'm, yeah, like, I'm telling you fire's hot and water is wet. <laughs> but um, on the flip side, I think because she's 44, it's easy to say she's like forever the underdog despite being returning champ. Only because it's like, can, it's, it's like every time she wins, she's performing a miracle at this point. It's like every time she wins, it's like, holy shit, how long can this rain go? Like, you think it's like... You would think that at some point, somebody's going to have to finally knock her off the podium and take that level. Except you got somebody like David Ricks, who's 57, breaking world records, and you're like, oh my God. He's still always in the hunt, no matter what. If Jen Thompson is like pacing herself like David Ricks... Sam Calhoun will be like, fuck my life, I'm yeah. moving to 72. Yeah, she'll go back and join Christian Dunsmore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who left 63 to get away from them. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think it's basically, it's going to be close with the coin. But I think, um, I was saying in the last show, I'm, I'm somewhat leaning towards Sam only because I think it's, it's entering into her time. We'll see. Jen is maybe. I think this is one of the cases where youth is going to end up taking experience. We'll see. Now, what about your take? And here's going to be a tough one for you. Uh, the Battle of the 83s. We got Sean Noriega. We got Russell Orhai. But then you also got guys like Yu Yu, Yusin Ren, who, uh, um, the Deadlift Panda. You got Muscle Man Marcus. Mm -hmm. You know, of the Battle of the 83s, which might be the best weight class to watch. And it's oh, going to sure. be close. Who do you think is going to walk away with the win when we talk in that? Uh, after seeing Russ's squats before this, he smoked 6.30 for a triple-A. It was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, Nori's squat is roughly, I think, around that for one of, for single. Um, I don't know if, if Russ looks like he's about to push 700 on squat. Yeah, But then yeah. Nori's got him on bench. But, you know, the deadlifts are kind of similar, I think. Um, 
So it sounds like kind of like a similar situation to me and Danny with him. I know. I'm I was going to say. I was thinking there's a lot of similarities there's here. There's a lot of similarities here, isn't there? Uh, yeah. Who do you, is there someone you're leaning towards? You think it probably Russ? I mean, I'll say Russ just because I really like him. I mean, I really like both of them, don't get me wrong, but I yeah. mean, if I had to leave my money on one. Yeah. So I'd say it, Russ. It is pretty crazy that um, we're talking Apostles 700 squat with 83 kilo man, but if someone's going to do it. Russ actually did that 665 with no squat, uh, no yep. spot, no rack, no nothing. They call that the Jesus spot. That's confidence. And it moved like it was nothing. It moved for him. It was... Oh, I know. It was, it was just money. Yeah. When, you know what? When Russell said, when he's watching your Instagram, he's like, because uh, there are days, he was saying he peaks up, right? So he has like a mini mesocycle where he'll ramp up and, and be doing like the 660, whatever the hell. And then other days, he's not necessarily posting and you don't see what he's doing, but he's doing his working weights. And he's like, let me tell you something. When I watch Amanda Lawrence, what she did, He's like, shit, man, I did the same thing today <laughs> for squats. He's like, we're, we're on par some days. We've been working on the same goddamn bar. It's like, he was saying, so there's another kudos to you. You're going to probably like that podcast now I'm thinking about it. That's good. That's the way to get fans, huh? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting how he was saying he definitely watches you a lot. So you squat. Sorry, did you say, how, how many times a week do you squat? And what does your squat volume look like? Um, I know a lot of Joey Flex programming, and I'm not sure if your programming is close by as well, because your coach is a kind of a Joey Flex disciple, but I know he does a lot of, he likes singles, but then after that, some big volume. And um, so what does your squat look like in terms of the rep ranges and how often a week you squat? Um, so it's three days a week, it's always been that. Um, I guess in hypertrophy phases, I'll work up to even sets of four or five sets of nine. So that's, that's cardio. Holy so, smokes, um, yeah. Um, I like to typically do like a top set. So like then I'll drop it back down um, a little bit. Um, and then so hypertrophy phases, I'll do like five, seven, or nine reps. And then as soon as we get into the uh, peaking phase, like right now, I really like incorporating singles. That's just my preference because I feel like then you can just really get in the mode of like how the meat's going to be. Um, so I'll do, uh, once a week, a top single and then drop it down for like maybe sets of four or five for three or four sets. Um, and then from there on, it's right now it's mostly, uh, for the other two days of the week, sets of four or six for five, four or five sets. So, um, to, and then the RPE just varies. So. And do you do stuff like, how often do you incorporate, um, the other like band work, pause squats, do you do stuff like that or is it mostly competition lift? Um, right now it's just solely competition low bar. Um, but, uh, during the strength phase, I was, uh, doing a lot of pause squats. I feel like that really helps because my squat in particular, I get a huge bounce out of the hole. So that just takes everything out of it. So I can just work, you know, the hard part of the movement. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've tried a lot of safety bar, front squats, high bar. It's just, Nothing compares to pause squats for me, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm a huge uh, fan. That's of what it. I've been doing. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the pause me squats too. too. I think, like honestly, it, it huge breaks through plateaus doing pause squats. Like you said, not everybody's the same. But um, uh, do you ever do beltless or front squats? Um, I don't like doing front squats just because I'm a baby and it just hurts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do a lot of uh, beltless squats actually. So in my warm ups, I won't. So I typically do 135, 225, 
Is it like a, like a seven or eight, or do you ever push it and start getting to your nines and, and tens or no? I mean, they're prescribed like seven to eight, and then the singles right now are up to like RPE nine, eight, nine. But sometimes, yeah, I overshoot them. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. <laughs> but I mean, like, I don't know. Some people say like, oh, is that a PR? Or is that like, did you overshoot that? It's just like, well, I mean, it looks fast. Like, it's not a PR if, like, we're still growing, you know? <laughs> it's not a PR if we're still growing. You go, based, you know, based, you know. That's a good way to look at it. Based on what I'm going to hit. It's, I'm going to start using that. That's right. That's going to be my check-in. It's all I look at, yeah. you know? We're splitting hairs here, aren't we? It's not going to be a PR soon. Nice, nice, yeah. Um, and, and how often do you, because squatting three times a week is quite a bit, and it sounds like you do a lot of squatting. So how often do you incorporate the bench press and the deadlift when you do this? So I lift six days a week. I bench four days, I squat three, and I deadlift twice. Holy so smokes! <laughs> no way. How old are you? You're 20? Uh, 21, yeah. 21, yeah. So you got like recuperative powers like yeah. fucking Wolverine. And, uh, and thank <laughs> God that. Yeah, thank God. I would be floored at that volume. Jesus. So, okay, let me recap. So, squat three days, dead two uh-huh. days, and bench four? Yes. Holy yes. guacamole. So, can you tell me, uh, yeah, let, let's get into your uh, benching and deadlifting and like the rep ranges and stuff because this is interesting stuff. Um, so, for deadlifts, I have a light day. I do like sets of like uh, reps of four, I guess, like four sets of four, something like that. And then uh, the heavy day, I'll do a single and then do some back down work. For bench, uh, I struggle with high reps on that. Just get tired, you lose tightness, lose form, your arch collapse, collapses. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I work between rep ranges of like three to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, just depending on the day, I ask to do a fourth day just because well, you need to, the more work you put into something, the, you know, better you're going to get at it. And that's especially, you know, the lift I need to work on. So, um, and I mean, even if you're trying to drill in form and everything, like I was not too long ago watching Jen Thompson videos, like, what does she do? Or, 
<laughs> trying to get bits and pieces from everywhere. Um, yeah. That's just a hard one for me to master. Um, do you ever do, because Jen Thompson is almost famous for her uh, heavy holds, where she, and, and I don't do them personally, but Randy, who sometimes does her yeah. podcast, loves those heavy holds, loading it up. I don't know if he goes Jen Thompson 300. Or 500 pounds. Kind of I, I don't know. But she would heavy hold 500 pounds over her yeah. chest and just hold it and then rack it afterwards. Have you ever got into the heavy hold? I don't know. I think it's lift, no. It no, seems. Not even squats. Oh, you haven't. Do you, really? you don't do walk in for squats either? No, no, no. The only time I would do that is if I would fail a rep or something. But uh, <laughs> no, I've never done rattles. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It's just loading your CNS. I understand that. I, I guess I've just never tried it. If it works for her, clearly, clearly it's doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I think she likes, yeah, I, I think she likes the weight of it. And then when she, you take less weight. Yeah. It, she's notorious for just liking the weight of it. And then when she unracks her actual bench, it's, it's fucking light. You got a lot, yeah. You got a lot more confidence holding 300 above you. So here's the thing. So I'll do walkouts with squats and I totally get it. Like when I, if I walk out more than what I'm going to squat, what I anticipate anyways, when I walk out the squat on the platform, doesn't rattle me, felt that shit on my back, and then some, and, and there's something about being underneath weight when you're walking yeah. with it that can be intimidating, right? Yeah. So something totally unique to a squat that is somewhat intimidating. When you hit PR territory with a dead, that shit's going up or it doesn't. Hey, you put it down. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah. put it down. When you walk out a squat, there are sometimes you walk out a squat, and I swear to God, it could be like, oh. Shit, that you have that moment where you're like, you almost see when you're commentating the world, you can almost see it on people's face where you're like, I, it's like a boxer who got hit and he's got a look on his face like, ah. well, you talk to most people and they'll say the same thing that as soon as you unrack a squat, you know if you're going to get it or not. There's there, you get that oh shit moment. You can see it in the eyes. There are times when you unrack a squat, even PR weight, and you have this whole Oh, I'm gonna fucking yeah. hammer you. Oh, you're going, we're going all the way down, all the way up. And, 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 and you just, you feel that. It's a great feeling. It feels light as shit, even though it's a PR. There's other times where you unrack it, if it's in the gym, and this is when people will cut it a little high. Because you can tell yeah. by the look on their face, they're not 100% behind that. And they may not fail, but they, those are the ones where you better watch. Judges can tell too, let me tell you. Like if I'm a commentator, judges yeah. see the face, and if you have that moment of, oh shit, they're like, we better watch the depth on this one. <laughs> you just gotta own it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, way. <laughs> you, you better have a poker face like you've yeah. been here. You, that's why whenever I rack it, I always go, yeah. And it's, it could half the time bullshit. I, I might be like, yeah, <laughs> but you gotta own it, just like you said. But um, I think in terms of the, uh, the walkout, so going back to that, um, when you walk out heavy squats, don't squat it. Um, it helps alleviate that stress because if you walk out, like you could walk out a lot heavier than your max squat, and it's just you, you get super tight, you get the feeling of it, not scary. But you want to talk like, so the dead's one thing, the squat's another, even scarier, but unracking 500 pounds over your chest, 500 over your chest. <laughs> it is a whole nother, that is a whole other level of oh shit. Yeah. No wonder Jen Thompson is uber confident in her bench. Every time she unracks like three plates, it's like... Yeah, it's got to feel like nothing to her. Yeah. I just, honestly, so I tried it uh, to get back to this. Like, so Randy, our friend, was like, oh, he, he was like you, like, she's the GOAT. 
Jen Thompson, she does heavy holds. I want to start doing heavy holds. And of us, of our crew, Randy's probably the best bencher too, so I'll give him that. But um, so he was unracking, doing like 500. And I was like, let me see what's up. Let me see, because, I mean, yeah, this seems to be working. And I like chicken shit it out way before. Like, I'm like, I'm done. Take this out. I don't want to do it anymore. It's scary stuff, man. There's something about the bench press when it's over your chest. You know, even, yeah. at, even at arm's distance locking, trying to hold firm. Well, yeah, because they can just fall on you. I mean, that's why I wasn't benching for the longest time when I first started out, because I was just, you know, if you don't have a spot, or even if you do, it's like, wow, are you just going to, like, tear yeah. your back or something? Yeah, or, five, uh, yeah. And you've seen those videos on YouTube, right? Yeah, no, like, that, that's the thing. 500 pounds or whatever the hell you want to try to lock out. If someone's yeah. over top of you, it's like, dude, you're not upright rowing 500. I no. mean, you're just not going to And I'm not, yeah. and I'm not I, pressing it, so yeah. between the two of us, we're still not moving this. Exactly. Yeah, if I have, like, Dan Green or uh, fucking Ray Williams, okay, I'll do yeah, then you, like that. you got a little bit more confidence. Yeah. And oh, it's, for sure. <laughs> the thing with those heavy holds, too, like, you can wrap your wrist the whole night, but how many times have you had, like, something funky go with your wrist? You're like, oh, shit. And because it's working weight, you're fine. Yeah. That's 500, you're not fine. You, you, you're eating it. What is, uh, so you've been lifting for a minute and talking about this, like some of these crazy things you've seen. Is there any, what's the craziest thing you've seen at a competition? Uh, I was at a meet actually where you had some of the, I get the volunteer spotters, but you know, they're not paid or anything, but um, sometimes they just, you know, especially for squat, like it's easy to like hit the bar when someone's descending. Um, that's been some crazy stuff I've seen where, you know, the bar's literally, like, rotating sideways when somebody's back because their spotter, you know, bumped it because they didn't realize they were going to descend that fast. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. That or, like, super long bench pauses, like, yeah. four seconds. I remember watching uh, Sean's uh, last meet on Long Island or something like that. The pause was, like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, you know, like, super long. Yeah. Uh, I didn't seem, like, crazy things happening in these, I guess. I guess at Worlds, I was pretty shocked about the amount of depth falls they were uh, giving out um, red lights, especially for Ray, because, like, I've never seen Ray get a, get a red light like that. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's, um, it's funny, say, so it's true. That was kind of a, a little controversy, because um, sometimes with heavyweights, like, when you actually pause, like, whenever I post Ray, and then you're trying to find the thumbnail for the post, and you pause yeah. it, you can see his his quad is flipping here. It's much higher than his actual hip crease, yeah. Trying yeah. to find that hip crease in that torso, the quad, the whole. The guy's a 400-pound man, and he's he's tall, but he's not as tall as you think for 400 pounds. Like, he's okay. he fills up a lot of space in a somewhat compact. So when you try to find that Especially hip... Especially when you're throwing, you know, 1,000 pounds on his back. So, and but then I also, I get it where the judges are like, we got to hold the line even if... So some people argue, um, like, it's one thing to say I can't see his hip. It's another thing to say if someone's like, well, it's hard to get that low when you're a heavyweight. And then the judges will say, standard's got to be the same no matter who you are, no matter how yeah. the size you are. So I get that. So there's a bit of both. And I think some judges are going to be <laughs> stickler being like, convince me. And when it becomes heavyweights, it's going to get harder and harder to convince you if it's like, hey, man... I don't know if you're gonna see my hip unless you're right. You gotta get up and move for me. Like you got, you can't be in the same position you've been in all day for the smaller weight classes. That's for sure. You gotta treat it a little. Yeah, bit. you're not. It's gonna be pretty tough to see it at a 45 degree angle. You gotta be straight on. They almost need. But, 
like slow mo replays like they do in other sports. Because yeah. we. Oh, uh, I know. Right? Like we, uh, we in, yeah. in the commentating booth, and if you're watching at home the live stream, um, you get to see the replays. And then as a commentator, I'll like say if the judges, I think they got it wrong, but I get a slow mo replay. So I'll say, hey, yeah. look, it, it looked good to me, but I got a slow mo yeah. replay. I'll be quick to say it and admit it. But um, yeah, it's tough. I would like to see more going to the jury with slow-mo replays in our sport as we progress. I think it's something we need, yeah. for sure. And I think at Worlds, if I'm not mistaken, two of the three refs were like in front of the lifter and only one was to the side. So one of the side refs was because they were trying to allow for a walkway. So that didn't seem super fair. Um, yeah, that's why... I don't know, maybe that's what... Yeah, that's why that, that jury, but then the jury, so the jury's got a slow-mo. I don't know if they're allowed to use it or what, because they're, they're not on the side either. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough call. At the yeah. very least, um, so you knew that day there was going to be world records, but the very least was consistent for everybody because our boy Kelly yeah. Branton, who's Canadian, he had the same problems. Everybody yeah, had both, those problems They both day. got called in depth. Yeah. And um, in terms of what you're saying for bench, um, that is probably the one lift to where the judges have the biggest impact is um, like there are times like in Canada where this the notorious CPU pause was like three seconds. So everybody who's benching, depending on the day, you got to lower, you got to lower your bench. And that's where like going later on in the lineup, which like you would be later on because you're going to be lifting heavier. You'll like your handlers will be watching like, Hey, I'm taking a look at the pauses. We better open light. Like that's the one lift. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like it's the one lift, a dead, they're just watching, basically. They're going to give you the down command. Squat, it's depth, but usually depth is depth. But the bench, it's like you, you, you influx on no. that day. Game yeah, it's, change. Yeah, it could be the handoff. It could be the pause. You know, like there's so many factors with bench. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, that's why you see more and more people, like, starting to unwrap the bar themselves. Even I started to do that as well. But, yeah, you can't ever account for the pause because everybody's just so different. So. It's, it's one of those things where... I honestly feel like if I had to pick, um, if bench was your jam, like unless you're like Jen Thompson way ahead of everyone else on the bench, her second, <laughs> her second bench is still going to kill everyone else. But if bench is your jam, that's the most, you know, flux. It's the one that influxes back and forth the most. So it's almost the most nerve wracking. If you're relying on your bench, you're also relying on so many other factors that are outside of your control, or at least with a squat or a deadlift, far more up to you. You know, in terms of anxiety, if it's like, I got to rely on my bench, and that day, everybody's getting shitty calls. It's like, ah! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, the craziest, and I know what you mean with, with spotters, I'll, I'll, like, I've done some spotting and loading in my day, and um, only once had that the exact same situation happen. It didn't exactly happen where it hit me when the guy came down, but this dude dropped in a hole... Like, um, it, like, I didn't think he was going to come back up. He bombed it in, and I was back. I was like, oh, shit, man. I almost rode him like a backpack because I had to because he dropped yeah. so quickly. So he got a warm stomach. It was like, holy shit. I'm glad he didn't, like, it wasn't like a, a lift that he got back. But, um, yeah, you really do got to, sometimes when it comes to spotting and loading, that's one thing where when you get to, like, the national level, when they get to prime time, Hopefully they got, like, you know, some people. Oh, for sure. The most like, experienced people. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, let these girls fight. Like, and like, you know who you're dealing with. Like, you, Daniela, they're going to load it up. Relax. 
bro. They, they're like, just watch, and unless they're going back down, let them fucking fight for it. Yeah, because you guys will scrap it up. You guys know what you're doing. You know what your weights yeah. are. You know you're not going to toss away an attempt. So, yeah. fight. Don't be an iffy yeah. squatter for sure. I know what it's like to have to air. Probably the craziest, me being the... Um, the IPF World Commentator, I've seen, I've seen some shit in my day. I don't know if you've seen this one, and I know you... you I was going to say, I know exactly where you're going with this. I don't know if you've seen, uh, I think it's the 105, was it Juniors? No. Is this the Open? I think it's the Open. The 105 Open, uh, okay. this poor guy from the Ivory Coast was squatting, and, uh, and he, he loaded up 350 kilo. And um, to put it in perspective, that was like... Above and beyond, like that was world record and then some opener. Yeah. And um, walked out. It was. It had to have been a mistake. Like it had to. Yeah. Like nobody was finishing with this weight. He was going to open with it. And we were in the commentating booth. Like everyone's like, they're, they're going to change that. That's just a bullshit placeholder opener. He's not going to attempt this. And um, as the commentator is winding down to like, we're about to go start time. And it doesn't change. We're like, holy shit. What is this crazy son of a bitch doing? Walks yeah. out, unracks it, and he's stumbling with this weight like a drunk outside of a bar, um, trying to hail an Uber. And this weight cuts through him like a knife through butter. <laughs> and, and plants this man. You might have seen it on like powerlifting it's motivation. Gonna, it was on pretty much it went viral. Yeah. I may have seen that, yeah, on the live stream. I'm trying to remember. Three times <laughs> in a row, this poor bastard. He just kept walking out. Yeah. And this weight just cut through him three, like he had no, absolutely no business. And that was probably the craziest thing I've ever seen in terms of unracking. And um, he was, he was still on the platform, like, cause he went last because it's the heaviest squat attempt. Even after thirds, he was still coming out the heaviest after everyone had lifted. And he was unconscious on the platform. And they're like, and now to you, six pack. And he's the camera <laughs> on me. And he's still unconscious. And I'm like, uh, uh, so there you have it. Uh, so and so takes the gold, and I'm like, holy shit, man! Like, what did you just see? <laughs> <laughs> like, is this guy <laughs> is, is this guy still alive? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was awkward. Did we just yeah pan the camera because he's dead? <laughs> we panned the camera to me. It was awkward, man. He ended up being okay, but that was the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I thought you were gonna go with the uh, Kelly Branton. That was also big. Yeah. That was 2016. Kelly Brandon did me had a seizure, but uh, but it's always. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. It was it was rough. It yeah. was a uh, yeah. He had he had squat in Texas, and um, at the bottom of squat, that was that was spotting error. Is um, somebody was somebody was spotting. So you know how you're saying they're spotting like this underneath the weight. So at least when you catch it, your whole body underneath. But this guy was spotting like this. So he's gonna try to arm curl it up he type was, deal. Yeah, there was a there was yeah. an attempt there was an attempt at a thousand pound arm curl that didn't go very well. Uh, yeah. So a gentleman. <laughs> yeah. And then Kelly was stuck underneath that thousand, ejected himself forward, and uh, rolled around and, and looked like he's having a yeah. seizure and it was pretty scary stuff. That also went viral. Kelly was on the show talking about it and he was like, I absolutely hate that video and I can't I can't stand when it pops up. But um, we had to play it anyways. It was... <laughs> oh, I'll course, send it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Uh, okay. I'll send it to you. Kelly's listening to this and saying... Yes, yeah, sorry, thanks Kelly. For, thanks listen, for bringing it up yeah. again, guys. Thanks, fellas. I always seem to get that one anyways. But um, 
I know you've, you've been piloting a couple of years now. Um, what are some of the goals, short-term and long-term, that you would like to hit? Already got a national record. What's, what's on your, your agenda? Um, well, of course, I'd like to try to take gold and open first. I mean, I think that's everybody's goal. Um, I guess as for squat, my goal right now is probably short-term 550. Who knows? I might hit that tomorrow, maybe. Um, <laughs> when it comes to bench just to get 300 in your hands or, or whatever weight in your hands no I should try it though but I don't have that kind of like I mean I live in Minnesota I don't have like those big fancy fancy gyms like down like you know in southern US so I mean like, I, I should purchase something like that yeah but grab no, yeah grab like two boards hammer those bad boys together and um, if one's a little longer than the other you could do a one board or two board press and then take I mean 300 is big but fuck yeah. man, the way you're moving. You're hitting 250 consistently. You may be hitting. slingshot on. Or yeah. a slingshot. slingshot. Do you yeah. like it? Do you ever use a slingshot? I try to, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like it. I, I just don't train with it. I mean, maybe like after nationals, I consider it. I'm always open to trying new things, though. Yeah, slingshot is something that I've, I've tried, but I can't get behind. I don't like it because, I mean, I bench with a fairly aggressive arch, and I find it's very, it's complicated to get into position with it. Some people, though, incorporate it in their training for the exact same thing we're saying. They yeah. get a little extra weight. And the thing with the slingshot, so kind of like a board press, but it's all the way to the chest. And I know Joey Flex, I'd worked with Joey Flex previously as well, right? And um, I know yeah. you guys kind of got that lineage with Joey Flex, so you probably have somewhat the same where um, I get where a slingshot lets you load up more than your max so you get used to it and moving it full range of motion. And Joey Flex doesn't like board pressing because he's saying... Um, if it stops you, not all the way down, the arch is different, and he doesn't like someone getting, loading up that heavy, different arch, there's intangibles, could come into play, whereas a slingshot will change that, but I tried a slingshot, man, and I swear to God, I thought I was going to do like a freaking 300 whatever pound uh, skull crusher, yeah, literally. That's how I feel too. Yeah. I just can't get behind it. What about, uh, have you ever messed around with any kind of equipment, equipped lifting? No, I just, mostly because I don't have the, you know, gear for it. But like, I don't know, I'm not opposed to it. I think it'd be cool just to try to see kind of squat or whatever you could pull out. Well, but, you're, you're gonna... yeah, I just, I just, I'd be concerned about getting it on, but I don't know yeah, if yeah. I've done it, so. It takes like a freaking football team to get adventure. I just recently got to try yeah. it. You, you what? Sorry. I didn't try it, like, I was working with uh, Matt Goldsmith yeah. as he tried equipped. And you're right. It takes an entire team to actually get somebody into the equipment. Yeah. That's one of the barriers to entry. Previously, before the IPF had a raw classic division, um, yeah. it was only equipped. If you're going to go IPF anyways. And like, mm -hmm. fuck, man, so fewer people are going to be willing to try that kind of monkey business on. No. It was like a three-hour bench workout. Yeah. Just to get them in and out of the actual equipment. And it takes oh a little God. something. It takes a little something away. Do you watch other federations? Do you watch like the U.S. Open and stuff like that? 
Uh, yeah, I, I actually do. I didn't get to watch the whole thing because I was on vacation at the time, but I actually got an invite to go there. But um, oh, this, 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 damn. But, uh, but you know, the, the situation, if you accept that invite, then you come into problems with, oh, well, you're banned from the IPF for a year. You can't lift there. And then, I don't know, it's just not something I want to do at this time. I yeah, think, yeah. But, Gracie did send me an invite, and I know that whole scheme that went down recently with that. What did you, yeah, what did you think about that? It was, um, is that the whole with the email gate situation? Yes. So what did you, so I, I was looking at uh, two different things. Well, first off, in, in considering your invite, I think you probably, like, hit the nail on the head. You might as well, like, do Raw Nationals, and because and, you're so young, right? So you could crush some goals of the IPF. The big thing is that dangling that carrot of, um... $40,000 US is it for the best yep. and even if you win your yep. weight class isn't winning it's, your weight class 10k yeah winning your weight class is 10k which damn that hit the spot no yeah <laughs> yeah it's a lot of money but yeah it's, it's just it sucks with the bands then across the federations it's, I mean it would be a ton of fun for sure it's just you know there's always there's always down the road opportunities so yeah you yeah. never know yeah and, and the thing with that, so in terms of uh, the Gracie V email gate, it is like, um, it's different than the IPF. And this is what people like, you, you find out when you, when you see things like that where she doesn't have to answer to anybody. You know what I mean? It's, a, it's an event. She's an event promoter. Whereas um, USAPL, IPF, like that is like, if you're, if you're, if you're a tested lifter, if you're not in the IPF, you're kind of lifting in like a backwoods federation. Like your your division is going to be far smaller. With all due respect, if you're going tested, you're probably in the USAPL or an IPF affiliate, yep. right? Um, yeah. And but in the untested, there is no real one governing body. You have like events, but there's no like you could swat switch around the governing body sanctioning that event. So that being the case, and if she's running the US Open. It would be like, I answer to myself, you know, like, I'll respond however I want to respond, and you know, like, well, fuck yourself, right? Yeah. So you, you have that power to do so, basically, but, um, or at least she thought, anyways, until she got kicked out of, no, she didn't get kicked out, she's still in the U.S. Open, no? She's still in the U.S. Open, but I mean, they're no longer U.S., or USPA. So I don't think that matters, though. I think that hurts the USPA more than anything. Uh-huh. I agree with that because you lost your biggest meet on your. You lost your biggest meet, and um, I'm still gonna watch U.S. Open. Yeah, everyone's still gonna watch it. So. Yeah, it's tough, man. What do you What do you think? Did you have anything you want to add on that? You don't have to, by the way. <laughs> well, I I mean I just thought the situation with the, you know, she said people could apply for you know to be on the team. I just I thought it was poorly handled, and I know she apologized and everything, but you know at the same time it's a business and. You have to keep things professional, and I just, you, you know, you feel bad for the person who went out on a limb to try to, you know, get 40K, when try to win 40K or whatever. At the same time, like, I mean, if, I feel like it's not super fair for an IPF lifter to go against, you know, non, or tested against, like, a non-tested, like, CC Holcomb, like, she's just, she's a monster. Yeah, it's just, yeah. there's no comparison, and, you know, it's not separated uh, division, so... I don't know. I think it's in the future if they did something like that, yeah, I'd be interested. But like, I don't know how it would interest a tested lifter. Yeah, yeah. In terms of like matchups, um, 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're going to do, yeah, yeah CC's like just a, a phenomenal, uh, we had her own, oh. team. she's got a crazy story too. But yeah, in terms of like side by side, it wouldn't be a direct comparison for sure. Um, if you, if you want to stay like, you know, natty, you're, you're just, well, I mean, is there somebody natty who could beat someone who's unnatty? You'd have to be a freak. You'd, You'd have, have to be a to, freak. It would be sure. hard to conceive. It'd be hard <laughs> to conceive. You would almost have to go that route. And once you go that route, um, can you ever come back once you've gone that route? Because if you do it for enough years, even if you cycle off. The only person I can think of that's kind of done it is uh, Dennis Cornelius. Yeah. And he stayed natty, but he didn't win. Yeah. But he was right there. And he's the best we got. Yeah. And he didn't. And he's like a phenomenal. He's the best we got. So it might be like... Yeah, I gave it a shot. You got nothing to lose. It's one of those deals, you know, and I was saying in my podcast for the one lifter, the girl who applied and got told, told off by Gracie B, basically. Yeah, I was that. But yeah, it's basically, it's like, hey, man, I see a lot of people bombing out, missing weights. Sure. I'm going to throw the helmet. If I show up and I'm like, ha, 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 I'm just here for fun. But if somebody, imagine, you just walk away, even 10K, if you hit the podium, sometimes you get 3K. All you need is some people yeah. bombing out, missing weights. What the hell? You might as well try and let them say no. You just don't think they're going to say no quite like that. But um, and the only thing I'll say for Gracie V is she is putting, she is doing a lot for lifters to walk away with a lot of money. It's easy to, to come at it now. 100% out of line, unprofessional. Nothing I can say about that. On the flip side, she is putting together a big meet for yeah. lifters to make some dumb. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people like who won't even show up to spot and load will be talking shit about someone who's working all year round to put together a huge event. That's tough. You might be like, have a really shitty day. She's a rough, round the edges type. She'll tell you that herself. So if she's having a rough day, be doing this all year round, and she might call that email she think is dumb with, that was dumb. Well, especially with, nobody's thinking about the amount of emails. She probably filters based on that event alone. Yeah. And now it's the one she's like, yeah. Um, this is um, just ridiculous. This is ridiculous enough. I'm going to tell this person off. And then that's the one that gets screenshotted. And you're like, fuck my life. And you could do a laundry list of good things and bam. That's why. So that's why whenever something else pops up, I'm like, I'll hold that person accountable for that email. On the flip side, we'll compartmentalize it with strike one. Let's keep it moving. Yep. Until uh, I mean, you hear stories, but I don't know nothing confirmed myself. So we'll keep it moving from there. But... Uh, but anyway, so when all said that, I know it's a you being so young, it's hard to look back as though like when you're when you're older looking back at your career. But one question we always ask everybody we have on, when all is said and done, and you look back at yourself, and everyone else looks back at your career, how do you want to be remembered? I just want to make my mark, you know, put an imprint on this earth, you know, like I just want people to like know my name and that I've always like. You know, gave it my all. I did. I I left nothing. Um, what, what am I trying to say? I, there's nothing else left. Like I left it all on the table. You know. Um. Yeah, I mean, like I guess that's probably everybody's goal. So, um, just you, take my mark on this world. <laughs> do you do you see yourself hanging? Or like, are you looking at you want to hit your mark and leave on that high note, or do you see yourself? digging in your heels and pulling Jen Thompson, you want to go and ride this until the wheels fall off. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course that's the goal. I mean, last year at Nationals, there was a nine-year-old woman out there squatting, you know, at the meet. It was just incredible to see it. 
I mean, I want to be that person, you know. And granted, like, I don't know, you don't know where life is going to take you or how your body is going to respond to all this years to come. It's just the beginning, but, yeah, I'd love to stay with the sport for as long as possible, so. Yeah. This is just the start, you know. There's so many people joining. It's only going to keep growing, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what's exciting to think is, like, we're at, we've seen such growth leading up to this point, and imagine 10 years from now, and you'll just be in your 30s hitting your peak. Yep, hitting your prime, there's going to be, you know, 2,000, 2,000, 2,000, I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, you might peak even later. Marissa Indo won her first world championships in her 40s. Um, Jen Thompson's winning titles in her 40s. Uh, you could be, like, peaking in 40s and you're 21. That's crazy. Jen Thompson's over twice your age. Marissa Indo's over twice your age. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who knows what the hell you're going to end up doing. And... You being in the situation you're in, you might actually see powerlifting in the Olympics, powerlifting on mainstream TV in the whole nine while still competing. That would be awesome. Yeah, I know there's um, a lot of these uh, USA weightlifting are trying to get some of these top powerlifters, me included, over to, you know, the Olympics to what? try out. What? Really? Colorado. They're really? scouting you? No, I was approached. Um... Wow! Of course, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Well, because they, you know, you built, you have a strong foundation from powerlifting. You're an elite athlete. Clearly, you can transition over to weightlifting pretty well. Some people have done it, but that's like starting from zero and going to a hundred again. It's just like yeah, yeah. To these, to I mean, like the whole clean jerk thing. Fine, great, good enough. But like snatching, I just, I don't know. I can't like think fathom the thought of putting that much weight over your head like that. It but I mean, yeah, though, this has happened to a few people. Like, I was talking to Joe uh, T from TSA, UU, they approached UU, um, a few other people I don't know exactly at the top of my head, but they're trying to take people from the IPS to bring them over for Whoa. the Olympics. I had no wow. flipping, that's the first time I ever heard yeah. that. That they're, po they're, yeah. po they're poaching our people. I don't know how yes, to feel about yeah. that. <laughs> I was shocked. I mean, it's a compliment, but I mean, you know, like, yeah. powerlifting is great. I like powerlifting. And it we'll is, eventually make it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, uh, for for sure, it's a hell of a compliment for them to say, like, especially U.S. Olympic teams, I mean, that's, again, the top of the top, right? Like, to make, like, the U.S. Olympics being like, this kid's got potential. Whoa, mm -hmm. that's a big compliment. Yeah, no shit. I wonder, that's... would they, um, were they, like, talking about setting you up with a coach and, like, they, how into these yeah. talks? Oh, really? So, they wanted to have me go try out at Colorado Springs. Um, that's where their headquarters are, apparently. I mean, clearly you would have to start just, like, powerlifting at, like, a local meet and move to, like, national level and eventually. Uh, but, they, but they were offering, like, like coaching, like, guidance, I guess. Wow. Because they wow. were asking to transition over. Yeah. And so, but, yeah, of course I'm not doing that. But, I mean, it was, you know. <laughs> you think about it. You think about it for a second. The one thing with that would be, like, with the Olympics, and I don't know what Olympic weightlifting's like, but I remember, like, yeah. the Olympics, um, in terms of the American market for some sports, um, like, walking into, so we're from Canada, right? And going down to the U.S., yeah. I remember walking into a grocery store, and for women's gymnastics, which I get is, like, a bigger sport in the U.S. than uh, weightlifting, but the fucking life-size cutouts in, like, Every grocery store of the entire women's gymnastic team cover Wheaties, like 
sponsorships. These girls are like on Dancing with the Stars and shit like that. Like it's it's like a whole nother level of doors opening. I don't know what would happen with weightlifting if it's that big, um, but Frank may. I don't think not like gymnastics. No, no, no. Like... no. You're right because the, the the U.S. trials for the gymnastics gets millions of views on NBC, and they're and they're contenders. Oh. Yeah. And, but um, it is, it does make you for at least half a second think. But the thing is, you're young enough that you're like, I'll just wait for powerlifting again and thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've been trying the last 20 years. I mean, it's not like, I mean, hopefully it would take that much longer, but. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it is. Um, I know that there's levels to it. Um, and they actually, like, got someone. So there's so many steps to this. But you, they actually got a guy who works directly with sports to help get them in terms of getting the paperwork done. And I mean, it is a, a massive process um, and they go through. And I think too, once you're eligible, you have two years and then you're out. So you don't want to open that door for your evaluation um, until you're 100% ready. Until like, I mean, that's why it's so important when we have like the IPF World Championships, um, for it to run so smooth, if they watch the stream, they feel like they're watching like an offshoot. Like, yeah, but this I can see this on TV. Like, um, not to shit on US Open, but in one of the podcasts I talk about, uh, the stream isn't really there. They just have like a, a camera, no announcing, scorecard, whatever. If the IOC was to jump in your sport and take a look, let's see what we're looking at, they'd mm-hmm. be like, nah, that's, that's not going to cut it. And they, they just yeah. keep it moving. They don't really need to explain. So um, the IPF is like put so much into like our our media and etc trying to make it look as good as possible as well as um drug testing and all the back-end stuff that you put in so much money into because the ioc monitors like your whole budget runs through everything and like wants to see the checks and balances mm-hmm. it's tough man it's a tough one but you are young enough to maybe see it but i it is interesting they approach you you because it's huge yep. deadlift probably yeah i would assume so you think about how a deadlift is going to transition into... I wonder who else they... Do you know anyone else they had approached? I don't know. I just spoke to Joe Stanek about that. So that's all I heard. I guess but Joe didn't there's been a few other people upset. And you never thought when you went to bed at night, put your head on your pillow, and you're and you're thinking about those girls in gymnastics and in the grocery store, and you're like, hmm. I mean, yeah, the Olympics would be so cool. But oh, at the same yeah. time, like... You should have to change your sport, you know, yeah, yeah. else that's just a lesser in your mind. I don't yeah, know. you're right. And, like, drug testing hasn't been, like, super, I mean, I guess people have been getting caught in the Olympics, and so eventually they'll probably turn over some things and maybe, you know, if the IPF will have a shot. I mean, they're the, pretty much the gold standard, the strictest yeah. for powerlifting out of any federation, so if anything, anybody has a shot at the event, so, I mean, I wouldn't yeah. get past. Yeah, they get, um, like, we had on uh, a guy from Sweden, uh, Gustav from Sweden, who said in six months yeah. you'd be drug tested six times and two of them blood tests. I'm like, God damn it, man. That is thorough. He he won the juniors in the 105 with a total that would have won the Open as well, which you don't see very often. And uh, But he's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, man, every month for the last six months and two of them blood. And I'm like, oh, damn, like, that is... Thorough, sir. Blood, yeah. blood yeah. testing. Blood testing. Taking I, your blood and... I hope you've been urine tested. Oh, my gosh. I think I okay. think if I think if you get to the international, uh, you make a world team, 
I don't know. I don't know when they start, but they're gonna start looking. Yeah, you're going to the pool. Yeah, there's a testing pool, and they'll like you're yeah, right. Yeah, I'm in that. Yeah. Um, and they're. It's and, like you sign on a form, you know, so they know where you are at all times. But I, I wasn't aware it was blood testing too. So have, it's interesting. Have they walked? Have you, they um, ever approached you out of competition? Yeah, uh, in August. Oh no! They uh, they came to my front door and like, oh hi. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I mean, I, I've been tested in all around nationals at the Arnold and all the out of state meets I've done national meets, and I've been tested at four of the six meets in Minnesota I've done. So that made and then once out of meet. So yeah, and that's good. Like it's good to yeah. hear this kind of thing for people who wonder too. And then you can be like, hey man, I've been tested like a dozen times. How about you? Right? When people are talking shit. Because <laughs> um, a lot of people don't know how yeah. much testing there is. There's a lot. Um, I wonder when they do break into blood testing. Maybe that's international. Uh, I wonder. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works. I, don't... I, I hate needles and I hate giving blood. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think they do that. Because it's the same. I'm on the same list as, every, you know, you know, like uh, Michael Davis, Bryce, every, like everybody for that. App. It's just called an athlete locator for me to go up. It's just urine testing, but from my understanding, I don't know about Sweden and their rules. Yeah. It's not, that guy you're talking about, but. Or, or it might be USAPL's urine, but IPF's blood or yeah, something. That, yeah, that's it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, USAPL. So then when you go, uh, maybe when the international boys start looking for you, they're coming with needles. I don't know. I don't want to scare oh, you. I hate God, needles. I, <laughs> I hate needles, man. I hate blood like yeah. that. God, I mean, I do it, but I'm like, you better be ready to catch me, man, because I will pass right the hell out. I cannot stand it, but... Uh, I have no problem with it. Yeah. What? What? Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, if they want to come test, definitely. I'm all for it. I would do it, but it would suck. It wouldn't bother me. It's... Well, yeah, yeah. You gotta do what you gotta yeah. do. <laughs> I, listen, when it's a movie and a, and, a, and a needle goes in the vein, I'm the guy who's got... I can't, I cannot watch even... Even if it's a fucking movie, I can't watch it. Disgusting. Disgusting. If I'm watching a movie or some... Sh- like shooting up or from or if I'm what if I'm at a party and we're all shooting up no what what but no if I'm watching a movie and um you know they show the old needle and then a little bit of blood floats in and I'm like oh my god I can't like I can't I cannot man I I it doesn't bother me whatsoever I I it's too glory I don't like I don't like when there's veins and someone's touching and feel and they can I can feel your heart. I don't fucking like someone checking my pulse or any of that shit. It weirds me out. That's one of my phobias is veins. I like to stay a little under a chubby so my veins aren't showing. Can you believe that? And then we can talk. But but anyways, thank you very much for coming on here. That one question usually is a question we have. Uh, the last question in terms of how would you like to be remembered, but somehow we started fucking spitballing into the Olympics. It's gonna say because we got the Olympics. Yeah. And we just started. We just started rocking and rolling. It was good though. That was a good combo. Um, listen, thank you very much for coming on. Is there anybody you want to uh, thank in ter- uh, before we let you go? Um. Yeah. I mean, like, I'd like to thank USA Powerlifting Minnesota, my coach Cole Warren, and just everybody who I came with and. Especially Russell then from that last episode saying what he did. So, and you guys are having me. Such an honor. So, I appreciate you having me. So, no worries. And if anyone's looking to find you on social media, where can they do that? Uh, It's Miss underscore Amanda underscore Anne on Instagram. There you go. That's all I've run really. Facebook's not really a thing anymore. 
face yeah. that's a thing. <laughs> it's true that, I was telling people the kids don't use Facebook you get, you're old if you use a Facebook yeah, I'm trying to be hit Facebook's too dead. many ads now yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facebook's dying anyways listen thank you very much for coming on man I'm much appreciated good luck with your training I'm super excited to watch you do your thing at the US Nationals and hopefully the IPF Worlds yeah. as well and uh, keep in touch we'd love to have you on again yeah, yeah, hopefully you see you at Sweden for sure next year. Right? I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. Talk to you later. Yeah, yeah, you do great. Okay, take care. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank you. See you. Bam. Yeah, she's a, that was a good, you know what, um, Wowzers, I just can't get over that. They were scouting our people. I was going to say scouting, uh, yeah. You know what, scouting is a word. Uh, I could also use poaching. Oh. If you want to use a little sterner word, excuse you, me. You could use the word poaching. Excuse me, scoutings? Okay, well, that's nice. Poaching is another one. How, how about that? Before we become a Olympic sport. Yeah, okay, because honestly, um, on, on a serious side, one of our biggest barriers to getting the Olympics is they already have a weightlifting sport. And these fucks are poaching our... our, our, our poaching the best athletes we've got. Where do you get off? I don't know. I, you know what? I'm a little surprised by that. And yeah, Joe didn't say anything about that. Unless it happened since then. Or, Maybe. or, can I say something? Maybe Joe's the one doing it. Son of a bitch. It's an inside job. You fuck, Joe. I fucking thought you were a good guy. I... We had beers in Calgary. I thought we had something when we did that episode. We had something. And you're poaching up people from the inside, are you? Does TSA know about this? Ooh, controversy at TSA. Hold on a second. Is Bryson on it? Oh my God, TSA is working for the... TSA is the IOC. You sons of bitches. You heard it here first. Skynet, we have broken... We have a problem. Anybody who's following Garrett Blevins knows that one. But no, seriously, man, that's... that's it's, it's, it's a... It is like a... It's, a, it's too... It's too full. One point... One number said that's awesome. They're looking at our athletes now because years past and it shows years past they wouldn't even look at us. No, but, like, but it's showing the level of athletes that have joined. That's what I. That's what I like. Well, look at if you fuck me. If you're looking at Amanda Lawrence, twenty-one years old, taking five hundred pounds for Take reps, and this girl's jacked. She, she looks like a goddamn athlete. Yeah, but you see her in the videos. You like if you saw her on the street, be like, you're an athlete. What do you do? You'd ask, yeah. you're an athlete, what do you do? Oh, she's jacked. Don't, don't, give, yeah. me, don't give me, like, you just fucking, whatever, you deliver papers or some sh What are you doing? Or, and if you're not playing a sport, you damn well should be. And then you see her videos. Like, anybody who's scouting for whatever, sport, but, so I can understand it, but it's good that, like, yeah, this is a level athlete we have. You know, you know people say, um, like, so, sometimes the question is, do we have any level athletes in powerlifting yet? Is there, are we a big enough sport in the mainstream that we're going to draw from the talent pool of football, basketball, baseball? Well, there's a bit of your answer. When the, like, of, of the Olympic sports are like, let's start scouting for powerlifting. And now we can finally start saying, you know what? We do have a level athletes. Yep. You know, that's it's, kind of... Clearly they've reached that point. Yeah, which is nice. That, that, but on the flip side, fucking layoff for athletes. Now we're starting to get some yeah, athletes. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, you man. enough. I'm glad Amanda Lord said uh, no, but uh, I know Leanna Hewitt, who's a teenage sensation, 84 plus, uh, smashing records, just a phenomenal yep. squatter. 
and she started working with the American Olympic team, started doing American, uh, started doing Olympic weightlifting. Did she get scouted? What about, um... Is she a turncoat? Ooh. See the terms of this? Wow. Wow. It's, it's getting That's a little rough. It's getting more history. What about uh, Andy uh, Askoff? Son of a bitch, another junior. Another junior. Junior who world champion who a phenomenal. Had a phenomenal squat, phenomenal front scouted? squat. scouted? Because they totally said on their Instagrams, I'll do a little powerlifting here and there, maybe, but Olympic is my number one focus now. And you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I, I do. Dude, you're gonna be on the cover of Wheaties. You're gonna be in like you know this is this is this is the NBC real sponsorships like, but now I'm starting to wonder. I mean, how if I got budge if that... I got posted, it'd be more of a uh, I'd be on the commercial for Depends or some shit like that. That's, <laughs> but um, fuck yeah, beer commercial or some yeah. shit. <laughs> but no, but yeah, it's uh now there now that I'm thinking about we've had a couple of our junior stars from the U.S. turn. And, um, God damn. You know, if I was going to be on a beer commercial, I'd hope it'd be like a Frank Zane. Was that not something of phenomenal? The, the, the Michelob. That was the stupid, the most ridiculous, I shouldn't say stupid. It was ridiculous, and you could tell, like, Frank Zane's a bodybuilder, they had to do Olympic lifting. Form was like, what the shit are you doing? Guys are, like, I don't want to go It doesn't matter. Here. It's the best commercial I've ever seen in my life. We went over on the one intro, but God damn it, was it hilarious and so non-factual. Those guys did no research at all. We should repost sometime. We will later. Don't want to wear it then. But um, anyways, I'm starving. I got to smash yeah, some food. Yeah, I'm starving too. Um, but thank you for coming by, sir. That was another good one. We're getting kind of spoiled with some of these. Hope you guys liked it. As usual, subscribe. Give it high ratings. Pop it up in your Instagram feeds. Um, and let people know. Because athletes like Amanda Lawrence deserve it. Athletes like the, uh, you know, the, the people that Amanda Lawrence are going head-to-head -head with and we discuss deserve the coverage, and the sport in general cannot grow if everybody's just for themselves. If you're just running your Instagram for yourself, that's, that's not how we're going to grow forward. We are going to grow forward as a team here. Yeah. People. Not even how you grow your own Instagram, people. No, that's true. Uh, Collaboration. Get your shit together. So anyways, thank you for listening from Six Pack Lapidat and Paul Moran's and Lifts. See you next time.